Trigger warning. This episode contains conversations surrounding topics of grief and death. So, it's been about five to six days since you've been back from that memorable night of clubbing or that funeral of your uncle whom you hadn't seen in years. You realize what was a scratchy throat a few days ago is now a nasty dry cough. Your body begins to ache, you have regular splitting headaches, your chest feels congested and you're constantly feeling tired. Before you know it, what seemed like a mild flu is looking more like COVID-19 symptoms. You seek medical help, get tested for COVID-19 and your results come back positive. You are now COVID positive and it's time to fight. While millions of people around the world have had to walk this path, many had to fight off the deadly virus with no cure in sight. While some didn't make it, there are those amongst us who live to tell the tale of how they recovered and survived the global pandemic that is coronavirus. Welcome to the Numbers as Faces podcast. Hi, everyone. And hey, welcome to the Numbers as Faces podcast. Uh, We're ready into um, episode three. Uh, If you guys are joining us for the first time. Episode three, right? If you guys are joining (laughs) us for the first time, I'd recommend that you go all the way back and pick up, uh, obviously, from the beginning. This is a really, really dope um, podcast. Um, I am Ingrid Bome, but of course, I am not alone. I'm your co-host, Lerato Hande. Hi, and um, yeah, as Ingrid was saying, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> How has your day been so far? Ah, man, it's been alright. Hey, just busy, busy, busy. But yeah, just doing what needs to be done. Yeah, important. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as as you were saying, this is this is the third episode and um, a continuation of the previous episode, which was losing a loved one to COVID. And so, yeah, you and I, Ingrid and I basically thought that it would be nice to have another episode where we focus on Shosho and Bonolo's stories still. But what was interesting is that they both actually contracted the virus Mm -hmm. after losing loved ones. And we were like, whoa, that's such a heavy experience. And they recovered. And um, we think that it would be such an enlightening thing to just hear their experiences. And you can imagine with that, if you obviously had loved on who, loved ones um, who passed from COVID and you contract COVID yourself, like just the mental space that you're at mm. is something that um, For we real. obviously are in. But yeah, let's just take a look at what it is or how it is that they survived and recovered from COVID. Like I've mentioned that um, because I was in close proximity with um, people who have died um, from COVID, so obviously we had we we had to get tested. Um, so we did, um, and it came that um, out that we were. When I say we, it was a couple of members of my family. So it was like I think five people, six. Sorry, six people who had tested positive for COVID and. <laughs> 
I'm not gonna lie. I remember during the funerals, um, there was a time I could take like my sense of I, I could I could tell that I was using my sense of taste. Um, but I I really just ignored it. I was like, I'm not gonna entertain this. I don't have time for this. Um, and um, during that week, I got tested, and then yeah, like I said, five people in my family it was discovered that we were positive. I was scared. I was terrified. Um, I I was I was honestly starting to think, okay, I'm gonna die soon. Um, okay, when I die now, what's gonna happen? Who, who, wh- what do I need to do before I die? I I was really in that mode. I, because I mean, two people had died in my family. You know, um, I don't have any comorbidities. I don't have any. I don't have high blood pressure. I don't have, I'm not diabetic, but it was a thing of, I was like, is my immune system, is my immune system going to be able to fight this virus off? You know, I was scared about that. I was also scared about the other family members in the house. I was scared that, okay, obviously all of us now need to stay in this place and quarantine here because we need, we can't move. But I was in panic mode. I remember I, there was, I, I couldn't sleep. Um, I got to a point where I was anxious about everything. You know, when I used to even try to sleep, I was like, um, what if I don't wake up? What if it was, I, I got very paranoid. I got very sick. I used to have severe chest pains when I was coughing. I had a dry cough and emotionally I was drained especially at night where I would cough until I needed to wake up and sit because when I was coughing I felt like at some point I was going to die. I was short of breath sometimes and I got very sick. I could see in my partner's eyes that I'm sick but I kept holding on. I could see also when my son came to see me that he was worried that mommy might not make it. Even the way my mother looked at me. Yeah, so basically, like, I can only imagine how um, scary it becomes, like how much of a reality COVID-19 becomes when you actually get the virus mm-hmm. because you know like we're taking the precautionary measures and stuff and it's something that is still very well in our vicinity but once you have it and you're seeing you know people that have passed away from it it's like mm-hmm. it becomes it's it's like it's really hit home yes because like you're positive you're COVID positive you have this virus that has been wiping most of the world out and are you next yeah are you yeah. next? I think just even when uh, Shosha was just um, after talking about her symptoms and, t- and stuff and she talks about how she could, as much as she knows that she's sick, because she was like really sick, as much mm. as she knows that she's sick, um, but being able to see the fear and, you know, mm. the worry in her family's eyes when they look at her, like, you know, I know I'm sick, but I can see people are looking at me like, yo, hey, are you going to make it? And like you don't look like yourself mm. and like and th- you, it's, it's one thing for you to to have doubt but for other people who are close to you and love you to have that doubt as well and 
you trying to assure them that I'll, I'll be fine, but I'll they... I'll be fine. I'm okay. Yeah. Don't worry. You know, uh, I'll get there. I'll fight it. Uh, but with that as well, can you imagine like when it's nighttime, when you're alone, when you're alone with your thoughts and maybe you are sick or maybe your symptoms aren't, mm. whether your symptoms are strong or whether they're not uh, that, that, that hectic, the mental, what happens mm. in your mind, like when you think about, and am I going to die? I was reading up this thing because... Like I mentioned, I got the vaccine and I was like experiencing symptoms and I was reading up this thing and it was saying that in the night, your body has less of something. Can't remember what it was, but that makes you your immune system or your body just if you're sick, your immune system in the night is just at its low. So I can imagine feeling like not want, like not being able to wake up or like maybe this is it. But yeah, you're hectic. My cousin was the one that actually calmed me down. He's like, dude, you, you, COVID is not going to kill you. But what you're feeling now, all these things is what is going to kill you. You know, he's like, take a deep breath, you know, um, trust your body, you know, trust that your body can actually fight this off because you fairly eat healthy. You, 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 you're not in the best shape, but you are, you, you, in his words, you're like, you're one of the people who actually is conscious about their health. I was like, yeah, I guess so. But, but for him, for me, honestly, the conversation I had with him is what calmed me down. Um, it's what made me to chill a bit, you know? Obviously, I was drinking my ginger, my lemon, all of that, you know, I was doing that and I was taking better care of myself, drinking my liquids, doing all of that. But it, that conversation with, with him, honestly, is what, it calmed me down. Um, but fortunately, all five of the people who also tasted positive were able to fight it off and we were good. Like we were, we were good and yeah, um, we were able to recover and I'm very grateful for that and I'm still alive. So <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, it's also made me realize the importance actually of taking care of self, like for no reason guys, like, cause if my immune system was something else, then I, I don't know what would have happened to me. How I healed um, and I recovered, it, it was taking liquids, uh, a whole like warm liquids, um, your ginger, your garlic, um, um, lemons, honey, the whole works. Um, honestly, also having a positive mindset that I'm, I'm healing. My, my body's going to beat this, you know, that I, I needed to speak that into the universe um which helped because i'm still alive um it's and it, it's it's taught me COVID has taught me how like i like i've mentioned um that your life can change your life can change like in a split second you know um i'm learning or i've learned that nothing is ever guaranteed survive COVID. <laughs> Not everybody um, mm -hmm. does make it, of course, but um, it's interesting um, to see how, obviously, because there is no cure whatsoever um, for this virus, but the means that we've had to take, especially as Africans, you know, I think 
um, I don't know what Europeans were doing in order for them to obviously mm. um, fight off um, the virus. But I think it was quite a common thing uh, for the whole uh, taking up of like having your teas with your ginger and your lemon, yeah. and hot fluids and garlic and steaming with all of this stuff. But mm, I think I what I love most as well is also how we used our own African uh, plants um, as well. You know, um, Bonola had mentioned one. And I think even with other people that we've um, interviewed uh, throughout this whole uh, project that we're doing, talking about, you know, other meds um, and other uh, plants that they used in order for them to, you know, um, build up their immune system to fight off the virus. And yeah, it, it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool how that is something that like kind of and sort of worked for certain people. Yeah. And but also, I think it just goes to show how important our diets are and mm. um this is something that I've I've tried to like be conscious of even before Corona is like, how can our food um, actually be medicine for our bodies and not mm. just fill us up? You know, it's like, what, what are the nutrients really doing for our bodies? And I think that during this time, we really see the importance of even just like drinking lemon tea with ginger, mm, mm. the, how that goes a long way. So, yeah, I, I think that, um, but also on the other hand, there's the issue of of long corona how mm. long covid and um i was talking about this with my friend at how i think i had like <laughs> i had a, a cough or something and then we just went into this conversation as to how she felt that it was possible that she she may have had it because she had some long-term symptoms that were yeah. still showing through and um i think there was the same with shosho where like i think hers were actually more um noticeable and she talks about that where she's even though she's recovered COVID has changed her life because she now has to deal with taking pills regularly and you know just being uncomfortable in your body when I recovered from COVID-19 I did not fully recover I'm still severely constipated I survive on medication called colon care every morning before I eat I have to take two tablets if I forget I get severely constipated and I bleed a lot and it is very painful and emotionally I miss my daddy so bad but I cannot let emotions get in the way of my survival. I had to pick myself up because my father was the breadwinner and now it means I have to help my mother and my younger brother as well as my son. I think something that is really important um, it's a pandemic and obviously we're fearful, uh, not just of contracting the virus, but also the implications that it has on our everyday lives. Mm. And um, I think I noticed in January in Malawi, there was a lot of fear um, being spread and understandably, because this is not something we're used to. This is something which is like um, once in a lifetime, not even mm. a lifetime, like some, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just very you know like the last time i heard of a pandemic like it was polio or something like that I dude which but was uh, about 100 just, years ago 
for real so we've mm-hmm. literally lived through something very historical but i think it's just very important to stay calm like i know mm. um i know of people who contracted covid and um i was just really trying to encourage them and encourage them to stay calm and just to you know to to look at the positive facts that okay there are all these there are these deaths but then there are all these recoveries mm-hmm. and um yeah so i think that just the, i think it really required emotional strength and um absolutely yeah. like a lot of emotional strength because as much as like you say as much as it's a physical virus that you have in your body um it takes a lot of mental strength to be able to fight it off and you must um and i'm not saying that those that didn't survive didn't want to you know survive but you know you must want to survive you must want to live you do get to appreciate um life in itself and and i guess also that gives us the responsibility to also like really really consider uh, the implications of the vaccine as well you know the vaccine the purpose of it it gives us the responsibility where we need to take responsibility of our own lives you know whether you want the vaccine or not um but mostly to just basically take care of ourselves and take care of those around us and at this point in time because there is no cure the only thing we can look at is a vaccine and it is an individual choice on whether or not you want to take it or not but it is something that is essential and i guess our frontline workers like those who do work in hospitals and who do work within the medical field um are people who have um taken the vaccine and yeah we're quickly going to be hearing from a medical professional um from the Baragwana hospital in south africa and just her experience of covid and working with patients of covid contracting covid herself and you know why she thinks it's so important for us to actually have the vaccine hi my name is may i am a medical doctor working at the medical emergencies unit at barra i contracted covid in january of this year it was a very scary experience because i've been exposed to death and morbidities um and mortalities for the past eight nine months um oh, year of this pandemic and it was difficult to keep perspective and not to picture myself in that position of being hospitalized because i saw so many patients be hospitalized it gave me a lot of perspective though to experience the minor discomfort of not being able to breathe properly because i treat patients who struggle to breathe every day and being put in their shoes just for a little while actually gave me a better understanding of what they might be going through and how I could better help them having lost friends and colleagues to this virus and also having had covid myself i am very grateful for this vaccination rollout as well as for everyone who's made it possible for healthcare workers to get vaccinated right now because we are very tired but having these vaccines available and also having been vaccinated it's a very big weight off our shoulders and it's an inkling of hope for the future in this pandemic and 
thank the Lord for frontline workers, right? And these are the people that are putting their own lives on the line uh, to basically ensure that um, everybody is safe, that people get cured, that they um, treat this virus with uh, people who come into hospital with like severe symptoms. And they themselves are exposing themselves to so much because at the end of the day, they are humans. They have families, they have homes, they have lives. They need to go back to their own homes and what are the chances uh, of you being a frontline worker and not contracting COVID? Like, I think there's like a 5% uh, chance of you not contracting the virus too, yeah. right? And I guess that's why even because I can't imagine a frontline worker saying, no, I'm not going to take the vaccine um, because they are literally working yeah. with like, they are working with the virus, like literally. So, yeah. so can you even have the option of you saying know? no? I don't think so. I spoke to this, I spoke to a nurse. Um, she's kind of like a mentor to me, actually, here in Malawi. Mm. And um, she was talking about, um, well, she's actually the vice chancellor of the Malawi University of Science and Technology. Mm. And she was talking about how um, the remuneration um, rates for nurses are low. Mm. Like, um even COVID aside, back in the day when HIV was like mm. um, a, a huge thing and like the remuneration renum rates were very low and um, the chances of nurses contracting these viruses is very, mm. very high. So yeah, we owe it we to do. them. We definitely do owe it to them and like literally all the work that they're doing and like we said, you know, it's up to you whether or not you want to take uh, the virus or not. But I think it's a matter of us being responsible for ourselves, uh, responsible um, for those around us as well. Like how in South Africa they they're administering the vaccine also to all the citizens because they're more prone to obviously um, uh, catching uh. Um, uh, the virus and so forth. But also add that for those who actually, um, like Shosha had mentioned, that she is a huge advocate for the virus, uh, the vaccine rather, because um, she went through so much um, as someone who had COVID and she wouldn't wish that upon anyone else. And yeah, guys, it's an experience. Like, I can't even imagine it. I can't fathom it as much as we've done so many stories mm. around COVID with this whole campaign and seeing people around us. It's just a matter of being more responsible and, you know, um, valuing life for what it is. Yeah. And yeah, I think I think the vaccine is very important. Obviously, there's lots of controversy going around. Um, a couple of days after I took the AstraZeneca vaccine, I started seeing reports as to like um, in the UK there they're suggesting that um, people under the age of 30 shouldn't take Ooh. it. So, yeah. Are you under 30? Just, I'm Are under 30, <laughs> but I'm fine. I'm breathing. I'm here. I'm just perfectly mm -hmm. fine. <laughs> but, you know, anyways, that's a story for another yeah. day. 
so for another day, we're hoping you guys will join us again on another day, uh, again next week or the week thereafter. Um, and we will be basically, you know, going on with more stories around COVID and how it has had effects on uh, certain people and how it has affected also our cultures and how, um, you know, death and how we do funerals, how that has changed. Uh, that's going to be coming up soon. But before we do leave, uh, just wrapping up this episode with some final comments um, from um, our guests, I'll call them guests, uh, Shosha and Bonolo, just giving us, you know, just their final thoughts on how it is, if you have COVID, how you should work around it, but also just valuing life and valuing everything that mm. you do have. Mm. Well, I could say to those who have COVID, try to stay as positive as you can. I was a bit paranoid after recovering, but I have realized that paranoia is also not good for my mental health. I'm trying to pick up my life and see how I can move on. I can also say, don't shut out your loved ones. Let them care for you, but care for you in a, in a safe way where you are isolated but talk to them and yeah and try to eat i'm i'm moving now from a place of numbness and accepting what has happened um but to be honest i don't think i'm fully fully there yet you know um it sometimes really does feel like a dream that this is what COVID did to us you know as a family as 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 a country as the world at large you know um but i've learned that family is also everything because i don't think my family we as a family would have gotten through this without each other family is everything you know um i've also learned that appreciate what you've got in the moment you know appreciate the people that you've got um don't take situations for granted um the fact that you have you're living this particular type of lifestyle embrace and enjoy it you know be but my greatest lesson also is the importance of saving for tomorrow you know the importance of which is why it's also like i i feel like you, you need to live life to the fullest but also need to have that thing at the back of your mind that you're you, where you're like anything this can change in in a second whatever it is that you're enjoying at this moment can change in a second so I'm in between that. I'm between. I'm in between enjoying life and also trying to leave room for disappointment. You know. Um, but what what personally I've experienced from COVID and from 2020, it, it has definitely changed my life forever. It it's something that never imagined that I would go through. Never, ever, ever. To access the full creative campaign, search the hashtag NumbersAsFaces on all social media platforms. You can read up on more of our COVID stories as they're released by following Open Society Initiative for Southern Africa on Facebook, at Osisa on Twitter, and at OsisaGram on Instagram. As we try and navigate the new normal, let's remember to protect ourselves and those around us by regularly washing hands, 
wearing a face mask when in public and practicing social distancing. The Numbers as Faces podcast is brought to you by the Open Society Initiative for Southern Africa in collaboration with five storytellers from South Africa, Lesotho, Malawi and Zimbabwe. Script written by Lerato Honde. Interviews conducted by Lerato Honde and Ingrid Barme. Artwork and podcast covers by Emily Bruff and Runyarero Nyagwande. Music supplied by Made by Cap. Recording studios at Zaluso Arts based in Lilongwe, Malawi. Recording, editing and distribution by Neon Bloom Productions. Consulting producer Fernando from Neon Bloom Productions. Content provided by Osisa Creative Agency.